We were created in the image of God. He created the universe using words. His Son is called the Logos, or the Word. God's Word tells us that His Word is truth, and that that truth sets us free. Yes, words matter to us because they matter to God. We'll talk about this and much more today. Welcome to A Writer's Day Podcast. Hello and welcome to my podcast, A Writer's Day. My name is Ruth Douthit and I'm a published author of books for middle grade readers and the current president of Christian Writers of the West, the Arizona chapter of American Christian Fiction Writers. I wanted to talk about words of encouragement and how important it is to encourage one another with our words. It's not easy to do sometimes. It's much easier to tear people down with our words. And I'm very good at doing that, especially to myself. But instead of tearing people down, what if we made a conscious effort to encourage one another and lift each other up? So that's what I wanted to talk about in today's episode. As we recently celebrated Martin Luther King Jr. Day here in America over the weekend, I couldn't help but remember a time when I was a student at ASU. I had returned to finish my degree late in life, about age 37. And one night, after working many hours in the computer lab, our teacher suggested that maybe we take a walk to the cafe across campus for some coffee. We made our way across the campus quad, and one student, she was closer to my age of 37, she stumbled and tripped and let out the F word accidentally. We all gasped and shocked, and we also chuckled at her blunder and how embarrassed she was, her red face. She apologized for letting the word slip out. Another student, who is probably about 19 years old, said, oh, it's no big deal. It's just a word. Words don't mean anything. What? I thought. How can she say that? Words matter significantly. And I wanted to tell her this and give her a life lesson that night, but I was too tired from being in school that whole day and in that computer lab all night that I just let it slide. So today, I'll tell you what I wanted to tell her that night back in 2004. That words do matter. And if you don't think so, Maybe stand in the middle of campus, a busy college campus one day, and yell out that Martin Luther King Jr. was a, and then use the N-word. And then wait and see how people react to your words. I promise you, words matter. And if they don't matter, well then, Martin Luther King's beautiful I Have a Dream speech would have disappeared long ago into history. But instead... We listen to that speech all the time because of the weight of his words. Now, all these years later, I'm a published author of books for middle grade readers, and I'm working on my first women's fiction novel that I hope will inspire and encourage readers. That's why I'm working so hard to choose my words for this book carefully and wisely. I want to be an encouragement. 
Encouragement is definitely an important word, and I will share with you a story now about the importance of taking the time to encourage someone with words and deeds. When I was a kid back in 7th and 8th grade, we had a new English teacher. She was pretty young, probably about 25 years old, fresh out of college, and she was adorable. She really was cute. The middle school boys, of course, all had a crush on her and would gather around her desk pretty much every day to talk with her. One thing I did notice, though, is that she cried a lot. We would see her in the back of the room at her desk, weeping into her hands. With her hands over her face and her shoulders jerking up and down, we could tell she was crying again. And many times we'd see the boys gather around her to console her. And I thought, why does she cry all the time? What's going on with her? Not knowing what was going on, I would soon find out if you flash forward many years to 2012. I was about to begin teaching middle school in my own classroom for the first time at age 45. I was super excited about the opportunity. I had always wanted to be a teacher and have my own classroom, but I was also very afraid of the unknown. Veteran teachers had told me to expect my first year of teaching to be my worst, so I did prepare. But I had no idea what I was about to face. I was one of the three new teachers to middle school that year, and veteran teachers had warned us about a particular parent who had a habit of latching on to one teacher each year to torment the entire year. I gulped and prayed that it would not be me. I already had enough to worry about with teaching writing and grammar to kids. After just a few weeks of teaching, I understood why my seventh grade English teacher cried almost every day. Teaching was horrible. I received hateful emails and voicemails from parents, one parent in particular, almost every single day, and I'm not exaggerating. I would go home every night crying, wondering, what have I done? So I told some of the veteran teachers that I kept receiving emails from that particular parent, and they said, well, I guess she decided to torment you this year. Good luck. And they were right. She did choose me. And she emailed me pretty much every single day telling me what I was doing wrong. And she left horrible, nasty voicemails telling me what I was doing wrong. And she would visit the principal to tell her what I was doing wrong almost every day. I would cry all the way home and then cry on my husband's shoulder pretty much every night regretting my life choice to be a teacher at age 45. What was I thinking? That's usually when most teachers are retiring, and here I was, just starting. I dreaded going to work every day, and really, my students were the only reason I showed up. I really cared about them. One day, one very bad day, I was so frustrated, I went to see my principal to ask her for advice on how to handle this parent. Now, our principal had 16 years of teaching at that time, so she was very experienced and understood what I was going through. 
And she said, why don't you find something good about her daughter to tell her? Uh, maybe send her an email about the good things her daughter is doing in your classroom. Ah, I thought, you mean that killer with kindness type of thing? And my principal nodded. And so that's what I did. After many weeks of difficult writing assignments, I had given my students a fun assignment in class where they had to create a collage about something that they enjoyed, whether it's sports or movies or what. This daughter of this angry mom had created a beautiful collage about her favorite television show, Full House. And she really did a great job. She put a lot of work into it and it was very creative. And I really appreciated her creativity because I'm an artist too. And so we bonded over that assignment. We especially bonded over how cute John Stamos is. So one day I took a break from grading papers after school and I typed out an email to this angry mom about how impressed I was with her daughter's work. In the email, I detailed how much time she had obviously dedicated to it and how much I appreciated her diligence in my classroom. I had a bulletin board for excellent student work and her collage had made it onto my board. I took a snapshot of the collage and attached it to the email and hit send. Then I just went back to grading papers. Not five minutes later, I received the reply from the mother. With trembling hands, I opened the email reply, fully expecting to read the words, how dare you, or who do you think you are, or even worse. But instead, I read, oh my gosh, thank you so much for your kind email and taking the time out of your busy day to send it to me. I can't tell you enough how much I appreciated this. No, my daughter didn't tell me about the assignment, but I knew she was working on something for your class. She talked about it all the time. So thank you for including a picture and hanging it on your bulletin board. I can't tell you enough how nice it is to get an email telling me that she's doing a great job in your class. When I read that email, my eyes started to fill with tears. And I replied to her that it was my pleasure and that her daughter and I had bonded over the assignment. And now that we are both artists, we'll talk more about her creative side. And I sent my response. But what happened next is why I decided to tell you this story on my podcast today. That mom replied with a heartfelt email about how she had recently divorced, was working as a nurse and going back to school to get her master's degree. She confessed to me how hard it had been to be a single mom trying to raise her kids and stay on top of their schoolwork. She then went on to thank me for my kindness and let me know that she was available to help me inside my classroom. And my heart went out to her when I read those words. I then replied that I completely understood because I was raised by a single mom for many years and understood the struggle. I praised her for being so actively involved in her kids' lives and let her know that I would be praying for her, and I meant it. And after that email exchange, I never received another harsh email from her or a horrible phone call from her for the rest of the year and the next year. Words of kindness and encouragement work. So this is why I strive to make sure my stories are encouraging. 
because you never know what someone is going through. Someone who picks up your book to read it may be going through the worst time of their lives, and they could get hope and encouragement from your story. Now, you may obtain momentary pleasure by tearing someone down with your words, but I guarantee you that pleasure doesn't last. In fact, it will only make you feel worse in the end. Now, there are three things I want you to take away from this episode. First, notice that I sought out advice. Now, not everyone does. Pride sometimes keeps us from seeking help and understanding what's going on. But I did. I knew I needed help from someone who had probably been through what I was going through. Second of all, I listened to what my principal had to say. Now, sometimes we seek out advice, but all we do is talk, and we don't really listen to what that person has to say. I did. I sat there and listened to her advice. And lastly, I applied that advice to my life. And I didn't have to. It was just a suggestion from my principal. But I decided to apply it and try. So make sure you keep that in mind. If you need help, ask for it. But truly listen to the advice that they're giving you. And then apply it to your life. If I hadn't reached out to my principal, if I hadn't truly listened to her advice, and if I hadn't applied that advice... I have a feeling the rest of my school year would have been intolerable. And I guarantee you, I would have quit at the end of that year. It was so terrible. So my fellow writers out there, remember, your words matter. Your story matters. Just think of a world without Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. I used to play portions of that speech for my students to analyze in my classroom. And each time I hear it, it still leaves me moved. We were created in the image of God. He created the universe using words. His son is called the Logos or the Word. God's Word tells us that His Word is truth and that that truth sets us free. Yes. Words matter to us because they matter to God. I hope today that you've been encouraged by the words that I've shared with you in this podcast episode. Now take what you've heard and put it to action and encourage someone you know or maybe someone you love. Or even be brave enough to encourage someone you think you might hate with a word of encouragement today. I promise you, you will be blessed. You will be forever changed. You'll be shocked by the response you get. So, until next time, keep writing, keep going forward on your writing journey, and God bless.